Welcome to Loop TV for Wednesday, January 26th. I'm Gene along with Doug. Two topics today. One is the Fed and second is Tesla results. These are both the gifts that keep giving. Uh, Doug, uh, yesterday we did a blind test, uh, a three, two, one countdown. And we said, is the market going to be up or down after the Fed results come up? And I did after the Fed commentary comes out and I did an up and you did a down and you were spot on. The market traded off two and a half percent. Why do you think it traded off? Uh, who knows? I, I think, you know, one thumb up, one thumbs down, 50, 50 odds. That's that's probably always the odds of any given, you know, short term market move. I think uh, if you well really want to try to figure out a reason, I mean, I could guess for you. This is probably going to be a bad guess, but I think people came into the day thinking that, you know, the Fed was going to be fine. It was fine. And you trade off on that. You know, you didn't get anything incremental above and beyond what people had hoped for. And this is going to be, from my perspective, a pretty well-traveled road. I still believe that the market's operating under uncertainty about the pace and slope of rate increases and a missed opportunity uh, today. The uh, Fed Chairman Powell said that uh, we will uh, communicate beforehand, we will telegraph uh, that when rates are going to be going higher, and I felt like the market said, please don't telegraph, just tell us where they're going. Uh, we're adults, we'll be okay with it. And so from my perspective, it kind of left us in another month and a half, two months here until March, until uh, further action is, is going to happen, and we don't need to belabor the point. But we, of course, going to have another inflation number coming out in January. And if that comes out hot again, it was 7% in December. If it comes out kind of in that range, I suspect that investors will get more anxious uh, that we have some surprises coming down the road. But as you said, it's a, it's a coin toss, uh, as is our A topic today, which is uh, Tesla earnings. And I had a special uh, a gift in this case uh, with Elon joining the call, uh, quite entertaining. But if you, in case you missed it, uh, Tesla reported results uh, on the profitability side, essentially in line, there was a fractional upside to the automotive gross margin, X credits. Typically, it's down from September to December. They showed some improvement, which was uh, nice. And uh, the stock was down initially because they had some commentary about uh, production challenges in 2022. Uh, recovered a little bit when Elon said that expect to have uh, comfortably growth comfortably ahead of 50%. And I think the street's at 40 or 45% delivery growth for 2022. And then he uh, proceeded to talk uh, about how uh, FSD is going to be available at the end of this year and uh, the importance of the robot. I'm forgetting Tesla bought the name that they have. Did you, did you catch Optimus. it? I think Optimus. It was Optimus. Yeah. Subprime, like a, I believe he called it Optimus Subprime. And what, what is the, what's the inside joke there? Well, yeah, Optimus Prime, I think is... I think he's the bad guy in Transformers, if I remember. I can't, he might be the good guy. I don't remember. Okay. He's either the really good guy or the really bad guy in Transformers. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, I should have known that. Pretty obvious. Makes sense with a bot. Uh, I was, I had that on my over under in the under category that he would, Elon would get on and start talking about this, but kind of plays into just a broader theme. And I think it's important for Doug Yuda 
kind of enlighten uh, some of the contours inside of loop here is that a level-headed uh, smartest guy I know, Doug, you're level-headed and you have uh, had some, um, I would say some level-headed thinking related to Elon and some of the commentary he's had out there and and how to be kind of, uh, how, to, how to think about this in the context of what's really gonna happen. And so I would suspect that this uh, conference call there's some things that uh, caught your attention uh, related to some of the, the pretty lofty things that Elon was talking about. So maybe we can just start there as being uh, the grounded one on the on the episode. Uh, what stuck out to you uh, that just seemed a little bit out of place from the call? Well, Elon, I think, is the consummate showman. I mean, he is a great technologist, but I think he's an even better salesman. And, you know, there's a few things that stuck out to me. You know, one thing is kind of talking about how the software layer, the self-driving layer, you know, that could be more profitable ultimately than, than the car business. And then a few minutes later, he said that Optimus, subprime, uh, that that business could be even bigger than, you know, the entire auto business itself. And so, you know, we're, I think, probably several years away, uh, if not longer, from Optimus Subprime ever really reaching the light of market for Tesla to sell and actually make money on. Uh, and so, you know, to make comments like that, I mean, no other company really does that, in my opinion. You know, mm -hmm. every great tech company is working on all kinds of crazy skunk works projects, and a lot of them never see the light of day. Um, but nobody comes out and talks about how, you know, Waymo, Google's never said Waymo is going to be bigger than our search business. And it could be, um, but, but it's just the way that he sells sometimes, you know, there, there are certain things with that, that, uh, I've begun to take a little bit of an issue with. And I think that they get so much credit. The company gets so much credit for future optionality built into their numbers. We can go to the math later too, uh, that I think no other company gets. Uh, and I think it's a little bit dangerous for the stock price. Uh, what what's your uh, view? I had a, a different view. I think that it is uh, what he's doing is I think he's he's painting a picture where things are going, but I think he's playing a a, a different a slightly different game uh, more than just trying to be a, sh a showman. I think he's uh, being a recruiter, and he made mention like sending your resume. I think he had mentioned that they had their AI day that he said uh, was about uh, recruiting. We know from our conversations from other companies in that space that talent is a big deal. Could this be an exercise where he's using kind of the financial markets as a form to really uh, get engineers? Because that would be pretty cool to be working on a, a bot or uh, just projects that even they probably could make HVAC. They talked a little bit about on the call, insurance, all these other the other stuff that's out there. Is it more of just like a call to talents than it is uh, somebody just um, kind of shooting from the hip to try to be a salesperson? I think it's probably some of both. I mean, I think it is a smart recruiting tactic. I think he also knows the level of influence he has. And if he never unveiled Optimus, uh, there'd be plenty of people that would still want to work at Tesla. Just like there's plenty of people who want to go and work at Google on, you know, Google X projects. So, you know, all of these companies, all of these incredible, you know, FANG level companies, and even the ones the tier below uh, have great projects they're working on, things that I think really appeal to intellectually, you know, driven people. 
And uh, like I said, not many of them are out there sort of saying, you know, hey, we're going to build this thing and it might take us 10, 15 years to get it to market as a recruiting tool. So, you know, I, I think he knows the influence he has in the market and on the stock price when he does talk about some of these things. So is it the right thing for him to exercise that influence or should he as a public CEO be, be more judicious in his comments? Well, it's a difficult debate. It goes back to something we talked about fairly recently, which is fake it till you make it. You know, how much hype should any CEO of any company put into the market, even if it's to recruit, even if it's to raise money, you know, and it is a viable real product you want to build, but it's a long ways out. Uh, I, don't, I don't really take issue with that. What I take more issue with, and I think is, is my challenge with Tesla. I think it's a great company. I think it's not a good stock to invest in. And that's where I would orient kind of my objection here, which is, like I said before, I think they get more credit for optionality in their stock price than any other company in the market. And it's not even close. I mean, if you look at what Tesla's numbers demand, what the price of Tesla's stock demands, and that's what price is, it's a, it's a demand for future business results, okay? It is demanding that the company grow something like 30% compounded for the next decade. That implies something like 12 million cars sold. It implies something like 25 million subscribers to a very expensive self-driving program. And it implies probably like 60 or 70 billion in revenue from things like maybe Optimus Subprime, insurance, you know, everything else that Tesla is building. That's a lot. A 30% compound annual growth rate over 10 years is the base. That just gets you a market level return if you invest in Tesla today. And let me put that in the context for you. Apple, after the iPhone launched, grew 25% compounded for the next decade. Best product launch ever in history, biggest market ever in history. And that was a 25% compound grower. So that's, that's the thing that I think is really challenging is the stock price does go up on the hope of things that Elon's building and it puts a lot in there. And so to make Tesla a great investment, let me, let me wrap it up here. 30% compounding of growth is the base that you have to do just to make it a, an okay market level acceptable investment. They have to grow something like 45% compound for the next decade to make it a great investment. And I think that that is near impossible. You know, everything literally has to go right. I mean, you're talking about probably selling 20 million units of cars. Optimus Subprime probably needs to be a real product in market. I mean, it's a big, big ask at that price. I think that, uh, so my, my response is ultimately performance is going to drive the stock. There's no question about it. When I think about the size of the addressable market, I think it's big enough to uh, support what you're talking about. Those that 40, 30, 40% growth, as crazy as that sounds, I think that this is a big enough opportunity. I also believe, and I think we have a different opinion on this, that traditional auto is in a tighter spot. I think uh, when we've talked about in the past, uh, you've uh, focused in on, you know, eventually they're gonna get it right and they've got brand and distribution. And my perspective is that this is just a very different animal that they're, um, they're putting together. And so I think just from the car perspective, I think that there's upside to the valuation because I do think as hard as it is for those numbers, and we've gone over them before, you know, the probability, you brought up the Apple example, that list of companies that can do what you just described, there's like 10 companies on that list. It's almost impossible. But when I look at what's going on, I'm still waiting. I've uh, been waiting for a few years for this uh, wave of competition to materialize and 
Uh, I don't think it has. Uh, well, you're starting to see it right now, though. You're starting to see it with Ford. They're coming to market. The Lightning's launching this year. I do think that, you know, whether it's this year, next year, traditional auto is not dead. And, and I, I would like to get your perspective on this, too. If you think about the size of the global auto market, I think it's like 70 some odd million globally. Like light 90. vehicles are sold a year. And I think light vehicles is like 70 or something. I can double check that. But let's just say it's 75. We'll, we'll split kind of the difference there. 20 million units, okay, at 75 million a year is 25% market share roughly for Tesla, mm -hmm. which would make them by far the biggest auto OEM in the world. There's two headwinds to that though. One is like we just said, uh, the other OEMs are not dying. Right. And people do like choice with automotive. You know, I think there's a reason why Mercedes is different than BMW and Ford is different than GM. People want a brand to stand for something. It's not just some generic thing. So I do think you're going to have cars that are alternatives to Tesla. The other thing is if this robo, you know, an automated, uh, you know, kind of taxi piece works, if full self-driving does work, that's a headwind to global automotive sales. So that 75 number is not stable. That should be declining. Right. So, I mean, I, I just think it's a big ask to say, OK, like Tesla's going to take 25, 30 percent of this market where other big OEMs are more in that 10 to 15 million range, like we talked about before, in a declining market. Uh, uh, fair, fair commentary. Uh, I would uh, venture that uh, the results have been impressive just when we talk about the, uh, you know, these other automotive companies. Um, you know, I, I think back to some of the commentary when the iPhone originally launched, it was uh, uh, just they're going to they're never going to get off the ground because uh, BlackBerry is installed in businesses. And that's where most of the devices are being distributed from. You think about Nokia and uh, Motorola. I mean, th these were just iconic companies that no one thought were ever going to go anywhere. And I remember meeting with a auto OEM a couple of years ago, say one of the top five and their response about uh, Tesla's success, again, this is a few years ago, was just because we've been around for a long time doesn't mean we have a future. And so that's going to be kind of one of the, the fun uh, dynamics around this is, is there, in fact, I mean, the rubber will hit the road, literally, when uh, we see these other competitive uh, products, because absent competition, I think that, uh, you know, those kind of that 20, 25% market share, I think it's actually doable. I do believe, I think one thing we do agree on uh, is that uh, this is going to continue to be a controversial uh, company. And uh, I do not want to make excuses for what I think is some pretty um, entertaining, colorful language from the call. Their, their calls are, are, are pr pretty fun stuff. Investing uh, people's money is, is, is a serious business. And so we need to uh, kind of extract some of the entertainment factor here and just focus on the substance. And um, I would, uh, say that this is going to be one where it's going to, uh, the gift that's going to keep given for loop TV, because, uh, uh, we should just make it a, maybe a practice after every quarter to come back, uh, and, uh, and kind of visit this. I suspect, by the way, uh, one of the, the negatives that came out, there's a lot of positives that Elon talked about, uh, Zach, the CFO mentioned that the component environment, uh, he, he suggested that that's going to have a negative impact on gross margins. Uh, this year, I think that's something that could weigh on the stock. And I just keep kind of zooming back to that long-term arc to 10 million plus vehicles. And I think that's the the piece that you're focused on too. And so uh, love for you to have last word on this. 
Well, I would say that, you know, the arc to 10 million is not enough. That, that's where I think people should just recognize if you're, if you're going to invest in Tesla, you know, uh, that's, that's uh, something everybody should have free will to do, free will to invest in any company, but just know what you're investing in and know what the expectations are and the future performance that has to happen and, and make an intelligent decision. I think the thing with Tesla that I find so interesting is, and we've talked about this here too. It, there's really only two views. Either you're a full believer, and it's almost like Bitcoin. Elon can do no wrong. It's the best company in the world ever. They're saving the world, and uh, no price is too high. And then on the other side, the Tesla bears are, are I think, just as irrational. And they'll say that you know Elon's a fraud, and the company is a fraud, and uh, you know Optimus Prime is you know somebody in a robot suit or something crazy. And, and I don't think there's a lot of rationality on either side. I think you should really ground yourself in the numbers and say, do I really think this company can grow to 20 million units or something like that to really be a, an incredible investment? What are the odds of that, right? Put a probability on it. I think the probability is very challenging, which is why you know it's something that I would not personally invest in right now. We're not invested in, in any of our funds. Uh, and I would look for a different company that has great prospects, that has better probabilities to meet what the price demands of their future performance. Yeah, I gave you a last word. And then I would just say, is, you know, we're looking for companies that can 10x over a five-year period. And so uh, that's one of the dynamics here is that I think that there's upside to shares at this point. You're in a different camp. And I would, I would say that, yeah, I, I agree that largely the Tesla conversation falls in those two camps. I think we do look at the numbers. We uh, are grounded. We uh, take the role of being the adults in the room seriously. And I think that's what makes us great is that, uh, you know, we have a yin and a yang. I don't know. What's the story behind yin and yang? Is there like some? Like yeah, I don't know the full thing. And by the way, I, shares could very well go up here. I, I want to make it clear. I'm just saying from a fundamental standpoint, the probabilities are against someone who's making an investment versus just hoping shares go up. That's, I'll leave it there. Totally understand. I mean, they could. Uh, uh, anything can go up. Things. We just Any, saw go up. 18 months of everything yep. going up. So And, yeah. uh, and everything can go down test. too. That's, uh, right. that's the other piece too, is I wouldn't put too much stake in there. However, the stock trades tomorrow, don't put too much stake into that. It really grounds, have your opinion, exactly what Doug said, have it grounded in how many units are they going to sell? Forget the robot, forget HVAC, forget insurance. Uh, probably think about the, the number of vehicles and the autonomous uh, uh, question. And uh, thank you also, Elon, for just the gift of throwing that FSD full target out there. Uh, that was uh, pretty some serious stuff. And I think that there is uh, between slim and no chance that, that actually happens this year. But I think he's going to get there before everybody else. Um, Sorry, I think I took the last word uh, on behalf of Doug, oh my uh, myself, and a balanced adult conversation on the Tesla uh, and Elon Musk and Loop TV. Bye for now.